Excuse me. I love you. I love you, man. All right. Praise God. Anybody in the house? Man, what an honor it is to be back with you again. And uh, as you know, your pastor is a personal friend of mine and of the ministry. And I'm just so blessed to, to be with you. Uh, before we get going, as uh, Elder TV said, uh, a couple of years ago, I was about to preach in Dallas at a church, uh, Hilltop Church, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Eldred Sawyer, and a ministry there in Dallas. And you know, and I had my PowerPoint and I'm taking kind of a break today from PowerPoint, but I have my PowerPoint, have my notes, I'm ready to preach. And all of a sudden, they started praying for their community there in Dallas. And they started binding and loosing, and you know what I'm talking about. They were just having a hootin' nanny, you know, and they were doing all that. And while they were doing that, hey, that Jack? Hey, Jack. <laughs> and while they were doing that, uh, I was exegeting Binding and loosing, you know what I'm saying. I was, you know, getting the historical context of binding and loosing. And as I was sitting there and they were praying for their community and they were binding poverty and loosing prosperity and binding murder and loosing life and all that stuff, you know. And I said, you know, they're really taking it out of context. Anybody ever been religious? (laughs) And all of a sudden I'm on the floor. And I'm binding and loosening. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? And they had a men's ministry, and they were discipling men. My friend, Pastor Sawyer, for 27 years, he's a former heroin addict. I never smoked a cigarette, you know. But God just broke my heart for hurting people like never before. And most of you have been familiar with Doers of the Word, the church I pastor. Uh, uh, I've always had a heart for the poor and the needy and the broken, but not like this. So I'm on the floor, and I'm snotting, and I'm, you know, and God's dealing with me. And God says, two years ago, God said, I want you to disciple men. I want you to disciple the worst of the worst. Bring them in. Don't charge them any money. Pour into them. So I went, oh, my goodness. So I couldn't. I stumbled through some kind of message. And I told the pastor, I said, bro, I think I'm supposed to be discipling men, you know, in addition to what I'm doing now. And I had opened a restaurant for six years. We had a soul food restaurant, wore our feet out. And uh, uh, so I closed the restaurant, came home, told Ann, said, Ann, I think God's told me what to do with the rest of my life. I'm supposed to pour it into men. She said, that's what you're doing now. I said, ah, it's a little different, baby. <laughs> so I said to her, in a similar way that I explained to her why I wasn't going to be an NFL football player, and uh, we're going to be living in Woodline and not uh, somewhere else. I said, Ann, I said, I need you to pray about this. Because if it's God, things are about to change. So she prayed. I talked to my sons. Austin's now 21. Uh, Drew's 18 in leading worship. And the working man is 12. Hallelujah. He plays drums. So they're going right now. I told the boys, I said, guys, things about to change. We're about to bring in guys. We're about to open up the doors and bring in guys off the streets that are struggling with drugs and alcohol and all kind of stuff. He said, okay, Dad. (laughs) So my brother from Texas sent me one guy who had been through the program. Last year we brought in, we, we brought through 103 men. Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. It's called Care Center. How many of you have one of those little flyers? Do you have one? It's called Care Center. 
and we, uh, we canvassed the neighborhoods. The, we had a new man come in today weeping. He said, uh, my, my dad's, I'm from Pritchard, Alabama. My dad's a pastor. I ran away from my dad's authority, ran away from God. And my dad told me when I left Pritchard, he said, you're going to run into somebody who loves Jesus just like I love Jesus. He called his dad, Dad, I found him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. I'm going to be here for a year. We're up at 5. We eat breakfast at 5.30. We're in the Word at 6. We pray for our family, our friends, our enemies every day. We evangelize every day. We serve the community. It's incredible. They take lunch. We work some more. <laughs> we get in the Word some more. It's the greatest thing I've ever done in the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, so we have right now, today, we have 16 men in the program. They're part of worship. They're sitting right there, doers of the word on the front two rows, worshiping God, getting prayer, being disciple. I've seen men come off of heroin, shake for five days, then they're fine. Crack cocaine only takes a few days with Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Hardest thing I deal with is cigarettes. That takes a couple of weeks. With Jesus. We're not a rehab. We're a discipleship ministry. So we just live for Jesus every day. Isn't that simple? Just live for Jesus. It's amazing what happens to a man when he gets up at 5 o'clock, has breakfast at 5.30 and gets in the Word, gets on his knees, and we teach him how to pray. And we teach him how to work. We needed a roof in our building, for example, last week, and I'll pre- I'm going to preach. <laughs> and my good friend, a roofer, gave me an estimate of $27,000 to replace our roof in our old building. So we, we had about eight men in the home then, and, and a couple of them said, Preacher, we know how to roof. We know how to, you know, we had a, had a, a guy in our church that, that, that knew how to install roofing. And so we finished the whole roof just with men. We finished our kitchen. 3,000 square feet of tile. We've, we've fixed so many faucets and screen doors in the community. we cut so much grass, and we've, we've just served our community. Last Sunday, we had 72 lost people from the community in our church. When we ask for prayer, there's 20 or 30 of them. We don't have enough people to pray for them. It's been happening the last six weeks. So we unleashed these men who were former drug addicts and alcoholics on our community. See, they're not afraid to go through the projects. Now poor folk are coming. They're coming to hear different ones. They're, they're there right now. They don't have Bibles. We had an elders meeting uh, the other night and said, Pastor, we need about 50-something Bibles. Most of these people don't have a Bible. I'm shocked. Pastor, they don't have a Bible. We'll get Bibles. I mean, you know we can get Bibles. In Birmingham, Alabama. And so now what I've always wanted to see happen in our zip code, 35212, is happening through nobody. Hello. (laughs) We told him this, like I told a young man whose dad's a pastor this morning. You've got to leave everything and follow Jesus. Drop it. What about my Obama phone? Drop it. We don't have Obama phones at the care center, man. What about my check? Drop it. You got to drop everything and follow Jesus. Y'all looking at me awfully funny. (laughs) 
You got to love everything less than you love Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? In this church, you are a part of that. You guys support us. Thank God for you. You see, the call to be a disciple is to drop everything else. You have to love everything else less than you love Jesus. Everybody say less than. Do you need to be disciple? We've got a bed now. Did anyone ever tell you that to follow Jesus, he wants it all? He wants to be first. Have you ever been discipled? We taught four guys to read. Grown men couldn't read. You can read. I remember when Ann's homeschooled all of our boys when Austin, who just turned 21 yesterday, when he was, you know, five or so, and uh, Ann was, you know, teaching him, you know, to read and stuff. And, and uh, she kept going through these sounds, you know, and I'm like, man, I'm hearing this every morning. You know, she was reading some passage out of the Bible, you know, in the, 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 and she go, begin, beginning, I'm like, wait a minute. She said, come here, boy. Yes, sir. He comes down the stairs. He said, boy, you know all your sounds? Yes, sir. Can you read? Yes, sir. You go up there and read it. I'm going to light your little black behind up. (laughs) Yes, sir. He went upstairs. In the beginning, God created the (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his only way. He just need a little encouragement. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to eat? So if you want to be a part of something exciting, we started a landscape business with the men. We're starting a car wash. We've got ideas. I will not die for a lack of vision. So pray for us. If you've got uh, lawns to be cut or yeah, if you want to be involved, just if, you, if someone could just put a basket back there or something. And uh, give me your information, and uh, we'll bless you, and you can be a part of what God's doing to a greater degree if that's your heart's desire. All right, are you ready to eat? I want to begin today to teach a word that God is just burning on my heart for you, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, the church, and it is on the subject of mutuality. Say it with me, mutuality. Say it with me again mutuality. We'll begin with two verses of scripture, Romans chapter 1 verse 12 and Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. Romans chapter 1 verse 12, I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Scriptures. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by you. The Apostle Paul is writing here, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by you. Someone say mutuality, right? I want to encourage you in your faith, but also what? I want to be encouraged by yours. Rumor has it that you guys have been studying on on the family. Is that true? 
Have you been here? How many of you have heard some of these teachings on the family? Good. Look at Ephesians 5.21. One of the keys, beloved, in any relationship, husband, wife, wife to husband, children, employees, employers, is mutuality. Everybody say mutuality. Look at Ephesians 5.21. And further, submit to one another. Submit to what? One another out of reverence for Christ. So, and it says for wives, it means what? Hupotasso, put yourself under your husband. For husband, it means agapeo, love your wife. And the key, beloved, is that we submit what? One to another. That's mutuality. I submit to my wife in her role of being a wife. She submits to, to me as in my role of being a loving, leading husband. We submit to, say it with me, one another. Come on, talk to me now. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And beloved, the only way you and I can practice this principle of mutuality is that we've got to know Jesus. There's no mutuality if you don't know Jesus. Now, can I have a mutual relationship with Jack Williams? If I love Jesus and he loves Jesus, but if he doesn't love Jesus, he might be some liberal (laughs) Alabama representative or something. Here I am, white liberal representative. Here I am, chocolate, conservative guy from Woodlawn, right? And he thinks he's better than I am. So how can we have mutuality if he thinks that he's better than I am? Because he goes to Montgomery more than I do. Beloved, as brothers and sisters, we must have mutuality. And that word, one another, is mutuality. I gave you that Greek word. Y'all know, I, you know I'm a Bible college dropout, so bear with me. <laughs> Look at that word. Write it down on your notes. Mutual. The word is alelom. And it means reciprocal. Everybody say reciprocal. Mutuality is reciprocal relation between interdependent uh, entities, objects, individuals, or groups. This word is used 100 times in the New Testament. Most of the times, it means one another or each other. Reciprocal. Everybody say reciprocal. Where's Buddy Finch? Where's Buddy? Come here, Buddy. Help me out. Now, way before the days of uh, electric, gas, or battery-powered saws, Buddy, you would know this. Come on up, Buddy. What's wrong with you? Ma'am, you know the elbow buddy when he's not responding fast enough. This man came and served us, he and his wife, years ago. We were brought in. On Wednesday nights, we'd have over 300 kids from the projects. But back in the day, buddy, they had a saw with two handles on it. Can y'all imagine this saw? How many of y'all see in the saw? Were y'all drinking or something? (laughs) You can imagine the saw. And on a reciprocating saw, come on, buddy, work that thing. It'd be, come on, work with me, buddy. 
Come on now. <laughs> yeah. How many of you with me? Come on, buddy. We need a little rap music. Go, buddy. Go, buddy. Come on. Go, buddy. Go, buddy. Go, buddy. Go, buddy. All right. Give buddy a big hand. Thank you, buddy. I thought about Buddy Fence because one day he took me to his shop. How many of you been to Buddy's shop? This guy can build anything, all kind of saws. But on a reciprocating saw, it's back and forth. Come on, back and forth. How many of you feeling me? Yeah, back and forth. And that's what we got to have one for another. We've got to be, we got to have a mutual relationship. It's not like some liberal one-sided giving, Jack. You with me, Jack? <laughs> no. Devante, you cannot keep your Obama phone. We work. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. One guy came in, Pastor AJ, uh, one little problem on your rules here. Uh, I get a disability check. I said, what's your disability? He said, well, I live near the airport, and there are gunshots in my community, so I got a lawyer, and I, I was awarded disability, $780 a month. I can't sleep. I think, look, dude, I live in Woodlawn, too. I hear gunshots. I got a bullet hole in my living room window. I don't get a check. Drop everything and follow Jesus. We'll take care of you. What are you doing with your check now, DeMangelo? Well, smoking crack. So I'm paying for your crack. How many of you pay taxes? Did you know you were buying crack cocaine? Are you disabled, son? Jack? Are you disabled? No, no, sir. What about my sleeping pills? We don't do narcotics here at Care Center Ministry. We're going to work you so hard, you're going to sleep real soundly. <laughs> well, Pastor AJ, I just don't agree. One guy left the church. I think you ought to give him a patch or something, Pastor. It's just not fair for you to, not to let him smoke. I said, yeah, let's get him a crack patch, too. Instead of meth, let's give them methadone pills. That'll bring them off of it. Look how Jesus liked. Well, Pastor, there's some people who need medication. Right, they need to go to the hospital. They don't need to come to Care Center Birmingham. Go to the hospital, that's fine. We're teaching men to follow Jesus. And guess what they're doing? They're following Jesus. What if, beloved, you and I had so much love for one another, mutual love for one another? It's not one-sided. But I'm giving and blessing him, and he's blessing me, and this thing is going back and forth. You know what would happen? The world would say, you know what, I want me some of that. Because what the world's doing isn't working. If we really partnered and loved each other as we should and really submitted to one another, I'm talking about us, y'all, the church, the body of Christ, 
The world would be beating the door down to get in. What in the world? I don't have any friends. I don't. We, we have guys that come in, they don't even have clothing. Nothing. And what they have on is black as an ace of spades. Just throw it away. Nothing. Burned all of their bridges. Mother, no mother, no father, no sisters, no brothers, no job, no hope. And then we begin to show them a little mutuality. Now you're a minister. Now you can do outreach. Now you can bring people in and disciple them. Wow. All right, what I want to do today, very briefly, is give you a few one another or each other verses. Remember this, beloved. We're all trusting the same Jesus. We have a mutual faith. I need you, and guess what? You need me. Somebody say mutuality. The key to every relationship, whether, you know, you look at Ephesians 5, husband, wife, children, Ephesians 6, slaves and masters, which y'all know I don't go down that road. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know. You know, Jack. I don't pick, I don't take aspirin because they ain't picking no cotton out the bottle. You know what I'm saying? I'm free. Y'all know I'm free. No, sir. So, you know, we can, we, can, uh, we can apply Ephesians 6, slaves obey your masters. We call that employer-employee relations. You feel me, bro? All right. And I understand what biblical slavery was. Not like what happened to Africans, but, you know, I understand it. We homeschool. We teach our children the truth. Jack. All right, so these one another and each other verses, the word in each one of these verses, I looked them up. The word is reciprocal. It is mutuality. And the church said, amen. Look at these. All right, very quickly. John 13, 14. Jesus is our example. And Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Beloved, we've got to lay down our titles and embrace mutuality. Jesus said, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Write it down. We ought to serve one another. Serve one another. Jesus, our Lord and master and teacher. He wasn't sitting there saying, all right, boy, get that left toe there now. Come on here. Y'all serve me. I'm in authority. No. He washed their feet. He served them. We ought to serve each other. Turn to your neighbor and say, serve one another. Are you doing that? Notice Buddy wasn't just keep pulling. (laughs) Buddy had to push and pull. John 13, 34 and John 15, 12. Love one another. I'm giving you a new commandment, not the old commandment, not the 613 laws of the, of the first covenant. No, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other, there's our word, mutuality, just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Somebody say love each other. Agape, love each other. Care about her as much as you want her to care about you. Submit to your wife as much as you want your wife to submit to you. 
How about mutuality with your children? You know what they need. Bless them. Years ago, I'm getting old, buddy. I keep telling the same stories. But years ago, we were hunting. I decided after the Promise Keepers movement to join an all-vanilla hunting club in Luverne, Alabama. What was I thinking? So, you know, I'm intentionally breaking down walls of racial hatred and division and prejudice. So I joined this club, and I've got a rifle, you know, so I'm not unarmed. After a few months, I took my boys. I didn't have the 12-year-old, but my 21-year-old and my 18, almost 19-year-old, they were little boys, six or eight years old. So this is only 12 years ago, probably. And so after an evening hunt on a Friday, we went to eat on this little restaurant that will remain nameless on 331. And when we walked into the restaurant, everything got quiet. We're the only flies in the buttermilk. Are you feeling it? There was not a lot of mutuality going on here. And I noticed on the way in that the chocolate folk were ordering on the outside to go. But I wanted the buffet. And I told my boys that we're going to go to this buffet that I had seen advertised. So we walk in. I'm thinking, where is my rifle? (laughs) And so the boys are like, woohoo, you know. They've all got their camo on, you know. So we go and we sit down. And when we sit down, and the boys are, hey, Dad, hey, be quiet, boys. This could be the last supper. (laughs) No one came to our table. No one did anything. So Austin, who was eight, I believe, he said, Dad, shh, be quiet. When he said that, everything got quiet. No forks, no knives, everybody's staring at us. I said, Dad, I got to use it. I said, what? I got to use it. And so Drew said, me too. I said, be quiet. So Austin said, I can wait. Drew said, I got to go. So Drew goes and he goes. When Drew gets up, everything is quiet. My heart's beating. We're dead. I just know. I just know we're dead. Drew goes to the bathroom. Everybody gets quiet. After he's out of sight, you can hear the forks and stuff. People are looking at us while they're eating. And I hear this sound. Hey, Dad! Man, I'm doing everything. Oh, God. Forgive us. Oh, God. I'm praying in tongues backwards. Oh, hey, Dad! Everybody gets quiet. I said, what? And Drew uttered these words. Am I a rooster or a hen? (laughs) Well, they tried not to laugh, you know. (laughs) So you heard this out. So now everybody's laughing. And they say, you're a rooster, buddy. (laughs) Hey, rooster. (laughs) So we start laughing. Oh, we're alive. Hallelujah. (laughs) So Drew comes back. 
He said, Dad, I just didn't know which one. I knew, what, why did they have Rooster? You know, he's only six. And so uh, now everybody's laughing. Now we go there every Friday. We walk in, hey, Rooster! <laughs> and I learned that humor kind of disarms us. And we ended up having a little mutuality there. And you know, about two years later, a few chocolate folks started eating on the inside. Amaze what mutuality can produce. Love one another. Say it with me. Love one another. Very quickly, John 15, 17, Jesus said, my commandment is to love each other. Romans 12, 10, take delight in honoring one another. Say honor one another. We get our word honorarium from that. Pay, bless one another. Honor one another. That was Romans 12.10. Romans 13.8. Romans 13.8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation, or in the Greek, debt. Your debt to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill, get this, the requirements of the law. One law, love, fulfills all 613 requirements of the Old Covenant. That reciprocal love from one believer to another believer. You owe the debt of love to each other. Galatians 5.13, serve one another in love. Ephesians 4.2, be patient with... Be patient with each other. Tell your neighbor, be patient. i tell you how you can learn how to be patient real quick. Have children. Be patient with your children. How I many of you messed up a whole lot more than your children are messing up right now? Yeah, be patient. Get over yourself. Be patient reciprocally with one another. First Peter 1.22, love each other deeply. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now what? Show sincere love. Mutually, to each other, as brothers and sisters, love each other deeply with all your heart. Love each other deeply. I mean, do we have that here? A deep love, one for another, and other people are thinking, man, I sure wish I had that. Mutuality. And evangelism too. Love each other deeply. We had one guy that came in. How many of you know I like to fish? I like to hunt. Call me a redneck if you want to. And uh, years ago, I was blessed. I have a trailer on Smith Lake. I love Smith Lake. I love to catch big striper. And, uh, and so I was blessed to buy a foreclosed property years ago. And uh, every couple of weeks in the summer, the guys go up and cut the grass at the trailer. We'll spend a few nights at the trailer there in Coleman County, 0.004% chocolate. And so it's a great place to practice mutuality for a chocolate guy. And so I'm up there, and, and I'm taking the guys. We're in my truck, and back then we had maybe eight. They all fit in the bed of my pickup truck. And we're going to Coleman, and this one guy said, man, are we going to Coleman? One of the guys said, we're cutting a yard in Coleman. And he's a chocolate guy. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, man, you know, it's dangerous up there. 
I said, is that right? He said, yeah, you know, they don't like black people in Coleman, bro. They had a sign. By the way, there was a judge at Wallace in Hansville that offered many thousands of dollars for anyone that had a picture of that sign. You know the sign. How many of y'all know the sign I'm talking about? Well, let me educate you. Don't let the red sun go down on your black you-know-what. So the legend is that there was this big sign that said, don't let God's red sun go down on your black, whatchamacallit, at the entrance to Coleman. So this professor at Wallace in Hansville in Coleman County offered thousands of dollars to anyone who who has a picture of that sign. Guess what? No one has a picture of the sign. Then he offered a few lesser thousands to anyone who had personally seen the sign. Guess what? No one's ever seen the sign. But this guy that's in my truck last year, he, oh, boy, they got a sign up there. So what does the sign say? Don't let the red sun go down on your black you-know-what. Man, they'll hang you in cover. I said, well, we're going to cut this grass real quietly. And, then, <laughs> and we're going to get out before the owner finds out. He said, man, you sure, Pastor AJ? Yeah, I'm sure. It'll be okay. He goes up, and he sees my boat and and my golf car and my trailer, and he cuts the grass, man, and he's watching, man. He's cutting like this. The lines are crooked because he's cutting like this. (laughs) We're going to be through from sundown, Pastor AJ? Yeah, we'll be through, man. You better hurry. (laughs) So he goes inside for lunch, and he sees all these pictures of Miss Ann and me and Austin and Andrew and Aaron. He said, you must be real close to the owner there. (laughs) He's got pictures of you all over the place. Yeah, he's a pretty nice old white guy. Oh, I got verses. All right, here we go. 1 John 3, 11. 1 John 3, 23. Love one another. Somebody say, love one another. It is the new commandment for Christians. 2 John 1, 5, and 6, love one another. Write it down. This is the message you've heard at the beginning of this message. <laughs> love one another. Glory. Hebrews 10, 24. Two more. Hebrews 10, 24. Let's read it together. Ready? This is the New Living Translation of the Scriptures. Let us, come on everybody, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. How about that? In the Hebrew, it means to spur one another along. Motivate one another. Motivate one another. Hey, man, I tell you what we can do. Let's do this for the kingdom of God. Let's do this for each other. Let's do this for our pastor. Let's do this for our youth. Motivate. Think of ways to show some mutuality. Well, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen in this morning. I'll tell you what. 1 Peter 3, 5. One more. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. My God. Sympathize with each other. Do people even give sympathy cards out anymore? What does sympathize mean? It means to feel what the other person is feeling. 
How many of you have been through it with a child before? Let me see your hands. You've been through it with a child. Raise those hands up. Don't be ashamed. The rest of them don't have children. <laughs> or they're not old enough. And you see another brother or sister going through it. Man, sympathize. How many of you have been through it with a husband or a wife before? Let me see those hands. You married Satan's brother, Satan's daughter. <laughs> the devil was your father-in-law. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you see another brother or sister going through with that? Sympathize. Rejoice when they rejoice, but what? Weep when they weep. That's mutuality. Sympathize with each other. God, give me tears when my brother or sister has tears. So I love these young men as if they were my own sons. And I hug them. I say, I believe in you, man. Man, I believe in you. What happened to you? Man, I watched my, my cousin. He was nine. I watched him burn in a house fire. And they blamed me for the fire, but I didn't do it, Pastor. How old are you now, son? I'm 54. They blamed me for the fire, Pastor. I didn't do it. I said, I know you didn't do it, man. Man, I love you. I'm proud of you. You can turn your life around. He stayed with me four months before he left. But his life was traumatized. He just needs somebody to feel what he's going through. He needed some mutuality. So I just hug him and I say, I love you. And I believe in you. And I'm going to help you. And you're going to get up on time and you're going to work hard. You're going to get there early and you're going to leave there late. And you're not going to steal. And you're not going to lie. sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be what? Tender hearted. Keep an humble attitude. Because my sister's going through it right now, but you know what? It might be my wife next month that's going through it. One guy in John, he said, he's, uh, let's see, he's been smoking for 37 years since he was 14. I played football, so somebody do the math for me. How old is he now? I mean, I was a football player. I was bigger. I weighed more in high school than I do right now, and I could run. So how, how old is he now? He's 51. John is a paramedic. He says the first time he testified last Sunday, first time in 37 years I hadn't smoked a cigarette. Been with us two months. He's a paramedic, and he took more drugs than he, administered. He ended up being a heroin addict. Another young man from Gardendale, Alabama. Godly home. Christian school. Heroin addict. Been with me seven months. About to be a leader in the men's home. Mutuality. He found out. He said, Pastor, I finally figured it out. I just had a void in my heart. And I was trying to fill it up with drugs. Just loving. Just kissing. Mutuality. Would you bow your heads, please, sir, and please, ma'am? May the world, may the lost be attracted to the church by the mutuality that we have, the love we have for one another. Sir, start loving your wife with some mutuality. Ma'am, start loving your husband. Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, start loving your grandchildren with some mutuality. Put yourselves in their shoes. Feel what they feel. Let's start right here. Let's start loving. 
Let's start loving. Let's do our part to love. Oh, tell you something, man. There's no greater joy than to love somebody like Jesus has loved you. And to give somebody what you have. There's no greater joy. There's no greater joy than to be a part of somebody's life being turned around. Oh, God, we hunger for that. Oh, God, we hunger for that. We want our lives to count. Lord, we want more than coming to a building once or twice a week. We want more than giving 10% of our income. We want more than bearing the name Christian. Lord, we want to touch others. And today, Lord, Holy Spirit has said to us, mutuality. Right there in my marriage, right there in my family, right there on my job, my employees, my employer, mutuality. Not a one-sided gimme, 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 but some giving and some taking. Some giving and some taking. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, forgive us for being so one-sided. Forgive us for saying it's my way or the highway. Forgive us for being so stern and rigid. Give us, oh God, and give us the grace to repent, to seek mutuality among believers. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let's stand together, amen. Let's stand together, amen. Go ahead, sister. Whatever's on your heart, go ahead. Would you just lift those hands toward the heavens just for a moment? Just lift those hands up towards the heavens, a sign of surrender. Lord, I give up. I want a relationship with you and relationship with other people. I want to practice this principle of mutuality. There's so many one another verses, so many each other verses. Touch people through my love, through my mutuality. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So Jesus, be the center of our lives. Jesus, be the center.